You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironwood. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. All draft all the time now as we head into April. No fooling. We're here on April 1st, so can't believe it. The month of the draft is here. That means the month of NFL free agency is in the rear view for the most part. Still some smaller moves being made here and there, but... The big moves have come down all across the league here. So we know there's a lot of quarterback movement, more than we expected and different than we expected here in the offseason so far. So we're going to break that down for you, how these teams set up, whether they need to address the position in the draft, whether they have a new starter, whether they're confident in their current starter, and where they stand here in 2022. So we'll break that down for you on today's show. Then on the flip side of this, we'll do the NFC there on the other side on Monday for you uh, looking at those quarterback situations. Thanks a lot for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. All right, let's uh, start breaking things down to how we do it here. If you've been uh, paying attention and seeing how we break it down for the conference breakdowns, we go alphabetical order. So we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens, end up with the Tennessee Titans. Go across the board. Some teams don't have any changes. Some teams have significant changes. So let's start here with the Baltimore Ravens. It's still the same combination from last year. Lamar Jackson. We also saw Tyler Huntley come in and be a good plug-and-play. Pretty much was a Lamar Jackson light. Some would say he was a Lamar Jackson heavy at times with his production last year. Connecting with Mark Andrews and these receivers and, and doing some things with his legs as well to produce. So... Ravens have uh, cycled through some people, Robert Griffin III, Trace McSorley. They've put these type of backups before, but I think they've settled on the ideal backup here for Jackson in Huntley. He is a clone. When you look at them, they seem to be very similar. So that's what you want. You want somebody who can take over the offense with the skill set and the position help there at the offensive line and wide receiver and tight end and running back and can kind of keep the offense moving and be productive. So Huntley proved to be a pretty good plug-and-play last year for Jackson. We know Jackson takes it to another level with his floor as a runner and his ceiling as a passer, but Huntley did pretty well. Good offensive system, good player for it here in Huntley for Greg Roman. So pretty good situation there, status quo in Baltimore so far this offseason. Buffalo, there's been a change. Uh, Josh Allen is still the MVP candidate, elite quarterback and uh, top fantasy pick here at the position. But the change behind him is there. There's no more Mitchell Trubisky, and we'll talk about where he ended up. We know kind of where, and he's a potential starter now this season. But Josh Allen now looks behind Case Keenum and Matt Barkley. Yeah, this is the depth chart here. So you figured if something were going to happen to Allen or he didn't play, Trubisky might have a chance to succeed because of his mobility and his strong arm in that very good system with the good line, all the very good receivers here for the Bills. But Case Keenum is a different story. We've seen him. He's been a caretaker. We've seen him start before when needed for the Broncos and Vikings and Browns and all the things he's done as a kind of a fill-in. But he's not a long-term play that you look at. He doesn't give you anything with his legs the way that Allen does. He doesn't have the same arm 
as Allen to stretch the field. So interesting backup situation. Case Keenum seems to be one of those guys that bounce around like Chase Daniel or Ryan Fitzpatrick, always having a job because he's a quick study. He's a guy that came from a high volume passing game in college at Houston, and he keeps bouncing around. There's been a lot of different offenses, and that's what helps him here with the Bills. And we know they're transitioning away from Brian Dable. So maybe four more West Coast concepts come in there with the downfield passing that we see for the Bills. They're going to kind of keep the transition the same, but definitely a downgrade, surprisingly, from Trubisky to Keenum here for the Bills' backup situation. We know Josh Allen, however, pretty durable quarterback, big, strong. It's hard to take him down, and he's a guy that you can rely on every week there, except his buy in fantasy football. Let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals. We know Joe Burrow emerged as a QB1 in fantasy last year. They pretty much kept the same situation here, Brandon Allen behind him, and you also have Jake Browning. The Bengals have invested nicely in their offensive line, if you look at their offseason. Lyle Collins, Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, really working to make this uh, front a little bit better. I think they're not done here, so that's also going to help Joe Burrow's chances of staying healthy. We saw this offense go in the tank, however, during Burrow's rookie season with Allen and shuffling in people there. It just didn't look very good, so the big drop out again from Burrow to Allen much like we have from Allen to Keenum in Buffalo but yeah, the Bengals are happy with their situation there now let's spend time talking about these next two teams because they're drastically different here and they still could have some changes the Cleveland Browns we know what their starting quarterback situation looks like it is Deshaun Watson they also sneakily signed Jacoby Brissett remember him bounced around with the Dolphins and Colts and He's kind of one of those system backups as well at this point in his career, the former Patriots pick there. So Jacoby Brissett is a contingency plan for Deshaun Watson should uh, he face some discipline for the league. Not their third stringer, who's now Baker Mayfield. So they're still looking to move Baker Mayfield. The market is pretty slow. There's not a starting job available except for Seattle. And Mayfield has gotten some interest from Seattle, but not enough to part ways with him yet. And I think the Browns are a little reluctant to make a quick move on Mayfield just to see how Watson's situation plays out, so they're not so thin at quarterback. But the problem is that Mayfield already knows he's the odd man out here. They've already displaced him. It's hard to carry him on the roster here throughout uh, the offseason into training camp. So there's no way Mayfield is going to be on the team there into camp. So they're going to have to move him at some point. But Brissett is their contingency, not Mayfield. Something to keep in mind here with the Browns and Look, Brissett has a pretty good situation. The offensive line is great. You have Amari Cooper. You got Donovan Peoples-Jones. They're upgrading the receiving weapons there elsewhere. You also have a very good running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So it's a very quarterback-friendly situation. That's why I think Deshaun Watson, should he stay on the field and everything's okay there, he's going to go back to being a QB1, folks. He's just that good of a player. He also gives you that running element, and this offense is really tailored well for him. He's going to be well-protected. Remember, he took a lot of sacks at times with the Texans. Part of it is that he holds the ball a little bit, extending to look for the big play downfield. He's not Mr. Checkdown, so that might hurt Kareem Hunt's value a little bit there and the backside of the backfield. But that also is going to improve the wide receivers and also going to make it hard to replace him because he's that special of a quarterback when he's on the field, reading defenses and executing plays. So, again, Brissett going to end up being at the number two. We'll see where Mayfield ends up when it's all over I suggested maybe the Buccaneers because they're looking for a backup quarterback here that isn't Kyle Trask with Tom Brady trying to have a transition plan there with now Todd Bowles taking over as head coach from uh, Bruce Arians so 
We'll see Mayfield ends up in a stash situation like that, much like James Winston did as the number one overall pick with the Saints. And now he's returning to get a shot to start for the Saints here before the draft in 2022. The last team we'll talk about, last but not least in this segment, the Broncos. So yeah, we're ending up with a couple doozies here. Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson are now in tow here in new teams. Uh, Wilson, we never thought was going to leave Seattle. We thought everything was okay. Shane Waldron, the new offense coordinator, they tried to appease him. They said Russell was going to be here. Then they got an offer they couldn't refuse. They got massive load of picks there. They also got a return of quarterback, at least to give them an option in Drew Locke. They also got Noah Fant and Shelby Harris there. So the Broncos really wanted Russell Wilson. That's the bottom line. Why wouldn't they? I mean, this is just a situation where it's been bad here since Peyton Manning retired. And Peyton Manning was fading, remember, at the end of his career. But they've tried Brock Osweiler. They've... uh, Plugged in different guys. They invested a draft pick in Drew Locke. They had Teddy Bridgewater last year. So the Broncos have just been finding desperately to have a solution, whether it's a bridge quarterback or a drafted quarterback, Paxton Lynch. We know that disaster there. So they were tired of it. John Elway, George Patton, the GM, went after Russell Wilson pretty hard. So Wilson ends up in Denver. He has pretty good weapons here overall. We know he's pretty durable with the exception of last year when he hurt his finger there and had to miss some time. But he came back maybe a little bit too soon. He wasn't the same effective type quarterback down the stretch. But definitely a major upgrade. He comes into the back-end QB1 conversation. I say back-end because, look, you have a guy like Deshaun Watson returning. You have other people, uh, Tom Brady, pushing this up a little bit. Uh, Rising players at this position, including Joe Burrow. So you got to temper your expectations. He's not going to be the automatic plug-and-play player. upper, I'd say top eight QB1 right now. He's more of a back-end QB1 giving the situation of the weapons, the newness of this team, getting used to it. He's got pretty good weapons, don't uh, get me wrong, with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Tim Patrick, but he had amazing weapons in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and the chemistry was there. So that's going to be the concern here early. How does Wilson connect with this brand-new group of receivers in a new offense? And Nathaniel Hackett, keep in mind, their offensive-minded head coach. He's also getting used to being a rookie coach here. So a lot of things in motion here. But behind him are uh, Josh Johnson and Brett Rippon. So Johnson, we know where he was all over the place last year. Ended up uh, playing well for the Jets. He's just a guy that's been around. He kind of resurrected career as a career backup. So we have a lot of those in this uh, division and conference for sure. And uh, looking at Brett Rippon, again, he's been around for a while. He's the son of Mark there, uh, the Super Bowl MVP with the Washington team. So you look at it there with the Broncos. Uh, yeah, Broncos and Browns, what a change their quarterback situation have gone through, and shockingly so here in the 2022 offseason. All right, we'll get to the 11 other teams in the AFC and their uh, t- quarterback depth charts before this show's over. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four will determine this year's national championship this coming weekend and through Monday. We know it's a massively marquee Final Four. Duke and North Carolina meeting for the first time in the madness. And on the other side, no slouch. Uh, Kansas and Villanova, two recent champions. Uh, Villanova have, have a couple of late and Kansas looking for its first championship since 2008. So exciting Final Four. BetOnline.net is going to be your number one source for all your betting needs for the top teams in the Final Four and sports information throughout all the sports from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports developments from the latest, including podcasts, and reviews for all leagues whenever 
the season comes. And it's not just basketball with college and NBA. We know NFL, we're going to wait for it, but BetOnline is going to get you covered in the transition waiting for the next season in the NFL. Continue to source for all sporting wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't forget, we also have USFL kicking off as an alternative league here in the middle of April. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action for whatever sport you're looking for the action. And look, it's so easy to use. I like going to betonline.net. You can find your sport and which kind of action you want pretty easily there. So check it out. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, we'll continue the show looking at what we usually do with the AFC, the triple shot of the AFC South and the AFC West in the middle of our alphabet here for the conference. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Make sure you're following Locked On NFL, Locked On Experts, covering the biggest stories around the NFL every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast, just like this show, Monday through Friday. Locked On Fantasy Football here as we march to the 2022 NFL Draft. Let's uh, look at these uh, AFC quarterback depth charts. Continue to do that on today's show. The Texans, they're sitting on Davis Mills right now. They also picked up Kyle Allen from the Commanders. And they also have Jeff Driscoll hanging around on this roster as well. He's bounced around quite a bit. We know that throughout his career. So Davis Mills does have a strong arm. He flashed a little bit last year. I'm not totally sold the Texans want to move on from him. I'm not totally sold that uh, they're happy with him. So it's uh, going to be a work in progress here. It just depends on what happens in the draft. I certainly know they're not going to address the position early in the draft here. And we'll see. Deshaun Watson trade has given them a few more assets there to look at a quarterback. But the quarterback class is not too top-heavy. It's more middle-tier. There's basically three guys that I feel really good about to be starters in the right system. That would be Malik Willis, right, and uh, Kenny Pickett, and Desmond Ritter. So right on with those guys. I feel good about them if they end up on the right teams. But there's not a lot there. Davis Mills does have some upside. Remember, he was in the conversation coming out of Stanford to be a first-round pick with his skill set. So the Texans might have been onto something with Mills. He did show a lot with his arm last year, and uh, he has pretty good weapons here. They still have Laramie Tunsil. You figure they're going to get Evan Neal. Or Iki Kwanwu with their first-round pick and really short right tackle. So Mills is going to be well-protected, has decent weapons. When you look at the compliments to Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, uh, Chris Conley, they also have Brevin Jordan, who I like at uh, tight end being a bigger factor here. So the Texans, uh, yeah, we'll see what they do with uh, Davis Mills going forward. The Colts, uh, yeah, they couldn't wait to get rid of Carson Wentz, could they? <laughs> and they moved on. His numbers weren't that bad. If you look at it, I, mean, I think they just had a sour taste in their mouth the way the season ended where they didn't get in the playoffs and his struggles were part of it. Then there's some sense that Carson Wentz rubs teammates and coaches and management the wrong way. There's also the COVID-19 vaccine controversy that Carson Wentz had last year where he had to be kind of separated, where his mask there on the sidelines uh, didn't get the vaccine. So that could have created some friction here with the rest of the Colts. So there were a lot of things going on beyond the play of Carson Wentz. It just didn't work out in Indianapolis. Even though we thought with Frank Reich, the reunion was going to be great. Now it's Matt Ryan's turn to see what he can do in this situation. So the Colts were ecstatic to get Matt Ryan in this trade. Didn't really give up much in the third round pick. So Matt Ryan is their latest revolving door quarterback. He goes from Philip Rivers to Wentz to Ryan now, Frank Reich. So Matt Ryan is their type of quarterback, drop back, 
taller guy, traditional pocket passer, protect him well. They need to address left tackle, however, with Eric Fisher as a free agent. We know Anthony Costanza's retirement a few years ago has caused him to scramble, but a pretty good offensive line. Otherwise, Sam Ellinger is still their backup. is different type of backup with his smaller status and uh, athletic skill set. James Morgan, he was a one-time draft pick of the Jets. He's their third stringer right now. So this is Matt Ryan's team. I don't think necessarily they're going to stash a quarterback. They could, given Ryan's age and if he fades a little bit, if this is a Philip Rivers type situation where it's one and done with Ryan. But I think they're going to stick with Ryan for a while, and I think he wants to play for a while. I think this will rejuvenate him. So I don't think they're going to necessarily go revolving door with Matt Ryan. So he's got Michael Pittman Jr. He can be a very good target for him. I think they need to upgrade the receiving core a little bit for him. Tight end as well with Jack Doyle retiring. Mo Ali Cox can't be their only asset there. So, again, Matt Ryan... Interesting offseason. I think it's defined by Matt Ryan randomly being the Indianapolis starting quarterback when we all thought, for sure, it was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, that we thought it was going to be Baker Mayfield. Nope. They go with Matt Ryan. This happens even without the Falcons trading for Deshaun Watson. They settle to replace Matt Ryan with Marcus Mariota. All right, let's go to the Jaguars. We know who their starting quarterback is. It's still Trevor Lawrence. Struggled to tied Matthew Stafford. Yep, he did for the league lead in interceptions as the rookie number one overall pick last year. But a brand new offense. They're blowing it up here with Doug Peterson taking over. No more Urban Meyer. No more Daryl Bevel. Peterson did some great things for Carson Wentz. Another strong-armed, athletic guy early in his career. And Wentz was an MVP candidate in year two. I don't think the Jaguars can be that good that fast. But Trevor Lawrence should definitely be improved a little bit. Questionable a little bit about their pickups is Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones and Evan Ingram, how that's going to work out. But Trevor Lawrence is a little bit more competent offensive situation overall than he was in his mess of rookie year where he was dragged down by it, and he admitted that for sure. C.J. Beathard is your number two, and you have Jake Luton still hanging around here on this roster as the number three. All right, let's go to Kansas City. We know the guy is there. It's Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's kind of interesting. There's a Rangers connection there with the third player on this uh, roster here in uh, Shane Bouchelle. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, Texas connection there with the Rangers and uh, going from Texas uh, Tech to Texas here. But he's stashed here. But Chad Henney has returned. They re-signed him to be the backup. Chad Henney's been pretty valuable. We know that he helped them win a playoff game there against the Browns, finishing a game that Mahomes had started. Mahomes is looking good. The biggest thing Mahomes is adjusting to is no Tyree Kill, but he's going to have to do with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling now in the mix with uh, Travis Kelsey and Mikael Hardman. So a lot of things we're going to look at with the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs are still in the market to upgrade the receiving core here in the draft. But Mahomes locked and loaded for several years to come as a top fantasy option and the Chiefs franchise quarterback who gives them a high floor with production and winning every year. Let's go to the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr, there were some rumors early in the offseason where they replaced Derek Carr. Well, they reaffirmed the commitment here, and it's confirmed by the fact that they traded for his uh, go-to receiver from college at Fresno State, Devontae Adams. That means Derek Carr's not going anywhere. This is the whole reason they were able to get Devontae Adams, why it was a desirable location. Well, Adams wanted to sign the big deal. He wanted to play desperately. It was his dream, so to speak, to play with Derek Carr in the pros. So now he gets it, so... Good for the Raiders for having a chip there that could bring Devontae Adams in a trade. And you look at this receiving core, Derek Carr is starting to look really good all of a sudden. Remember, he was struggling to find a decent receiver. Now Hunter Renfro is a big-time asset. Darren Waller at tight end. You have Devontae Adams. That's a pretty nice big three. And Brian Edwards has some upside as well. So 
Josh McDaniels comes in, so it's a very favorable offensive system. It's not going to be stodgy, John Gruden type of uh, play calling here anymore. So good to see here overall with uh, the situation. But Derek Carr, locked and loaded, coming off an underrated season. I, I think he's one of the more underappreciated reality quarterbacks in this league. Sometimes the fantasy numbers don't add up. But I think this year, with Adams and his scoring prowess and Waller being fully healthy and having Renfro locked and loaded as a key target, Watch out for Derek Carr sneaking into the QB1 conversation for sure with McDaniels. Let's go to the Chargers, and we know things haven't changed there either. Justin Herbert is their dominant number one. You have Chase Daniel behind him. He's re-signed here. So Chase Daniel, clipboard holder extraordinaire, just finds jobs everywhere. It's because he's smart, picks up offenses fast, and is a very good mentor to the young quarterback. So He's a nice little guy to have in Herbert's ear, much like Henny for Mahomes. And you still have my favorite name of anybody uh, with all due respect to Trey Lance and Carson Wentz this is my favorite name for any quarterback from uh, North Dakota State it's Easton Stick it's just an amazing name it's named after a piece of hockey equipment Easton Stick is still sticking around in the NFL here as their Chargers number three but no one's going to see the field anytime soon with Herbert being very durable big strong with his arm and athleticism here for the Chargers and he's locked and loaded as we know Carr might break into that club, but we know Mahomes and Herbert are already well into QB1 territory for us in fantasy football. All right, we still have five more AFC quarterback depth charts to talk about. We'll do that in our final segment. It is April, and you could have given up on all your New Year's resolutions by now, but uh, this year I've been able to stick to my resolutions to eat right. It's been easy because of Built Bar. It's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Uh, I... Could give up uh, chocolate, but why? When you have a uh, Built Bar being so delicious, have you tried the Puffs? Have you tried? You're missing out one of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. They're the first ever protein infused marshmallow. Puffs are fluffy marshmallow. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And like I said, you don't have to give up chocolate with Built Bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. They have some incredible flavors that you have to check out, including coconut marshmallow and banana cream pie. I love them all. It's a delicious. Uh, Better than any candy bar you can get with a similar taste profile. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. That includes the Puffs. 100% real chocolate. They're better than any candy bar you can get. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Replace your candy bars with these Puffs. Low-calorie, high-protein. And you can check out any of the Built Bars. Go to Built.com, scroll down, and check out the macros. Most of the Built Bars contain only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Again, compare that to a candy bar, 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. That's a ridiculous amount there. Nearly eight times as much of sugar and dozens and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. These are some of the flavors that you'll get at Built Bar, including some of their traditional ones as well with peanut butter and all that good stuff. Anything with chocolate is going to be delicious here. And they're going to take care of you at Built Bar by coming up with new flavors all the time. They're all about the taste. They can make it taste delicious first and figure out how to make a Built Bar healthy. I don't know, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off only at Built.com. Okay, it's uh, time to close the show here and look at uh, the five remaining AFC depth charts at quarterback that we've not gone to. And remember, we're also closing the week here on Lockdown Fantasy Football, but we'll start it all again next week. Uh, we'll finish up our look at the depth charts with the 
NFC quarterbacks and see how they stack up. Some changes there of note as well related to the changes in the AFC. So we'll get to that and then we'll talk a little bit more about the draft going forward here in the next uh, few weeks as that's what we're focused on here in 2022. Let's look at uh, the Miami Dolphins here as our next team up as we focus now on the teams from the NFC East for, or AFC East for a bit. Tua Tagovailoa is your starting uh, quarterback still. Teddy Bridgewater was signed. He's a South Florida native. He's your backup here for Tua. And Chris Streveler, remember him? He had a brief appearance there filling in for Kyler Murray with the Cardinals. He's their third stringer right now. So Tua, it's been the offseason of Tua. You hire Mike McDaniel, offensive minded head coach. You move Brian Flores. Remember, Brian Flores was a guy that was trying to push for trading for Deshaun Watson. So he wasn't a big Tua fan here. So the coaching favors Tua. They bring in Tyreek Hill. You have Tyreek Hill with Jalen Waddle, their franchise tag, and then re-sign Mike Gusecki, his favorite target at tight ends. So you have Hill, Waddle, and Gusecki. You upgrade the offensive line with some big moves here with Teron Armstead and Connor Williams. Get that left side short up big time for the Dolphins. And then you also add some weapons in the backfield, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert here. So the Dolphins are unrecognizable offenses. They push forward here with McDaniel. I mean, this is going to be some of the concepts that we see with the 49ers, a lot of creativity. They've already hinted at using Tyreek Hill like Debo Samuel. And keep in mind, they didn't always add up to QB1 numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo. He was a good streamer in the right matchups, and Tua still needs to show he he's grown up a little bit in this league. But everything is pointed well to Tua. Teddy is a good backup. I think he's where, back where he should be in this league at this point in his career. And Strevler's just a guy that they're holding on to. But no more whispers about Tua. He's still the man here in Miami. Speaking of Alabama quarterbacks in the AFC East, we'll go to Mac Jones. He's going into year two here. Same deal for the Patriots. They have Brian Hoyer as the veteran backup. Jared Stidham is a developmental experience guy as well. So Mac Jones, we'll see. They haven't done really much this offseason. I think they'll be in the market for some wide receiver help in the draft for sure. So looking forward to seeing what the Patriots do there, whether it's Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson or Jameson Williams in the first round. So things are going to bump up here for Mac Jones, but they clearly have a lot of confidence in him as a franchise guy here going forward. A little bit of a disappointing end of the season that they didn't get the playoffs the way they wanted and uh, could compete with the Bills. But looking at it with the Jones situation, I think they're as happy with his development. Now, in terms of fantasy football numbers, keep in mind it's a little bit like Tom Brady. We're going to have to wait a little bit. Also, losing Josh McDaniels will have a little bit of an effect here. But I, I think uh, this situation where they're keeping Hoyer Stidham intact behind Jones tells you that they're going to try not to deviate too much from what they're doing here with the new offense here, replacing Josh McDaniels. All right, our next team, and we stick to the AFC East, and our last team we'll talk about there. It is the New York Jets. They have full confidence in Zach Wilson. They also have confidence in Joe Flacco and Mike White. These are the guys right behind him again. Remember Flacco and White, along with Josh Johnson, had to start. They hope that Wilson stays healthy. They won't have to call on these guys. He was kind of an interrupted first year as the number two overall pick there in the draft. I think you didn't really see a lot of Zach Wilson. He flashed a little bit. I think he can be special in this league. They've invested well in the offensive line, the skill positions. So I think you'll see Zach Wilson a lot more effective should he stay healthy, but they have two guys that really know this offense well now, and Flacco and White still backing him up. All right, let's go to the Steelers. Big change here. Ben Roethlisberger is ridden off into the sunset, into retirement. So what did they do? They signed Mitchell Trubisky. That means they weren't happy with Mason Rudolph. There was some talk with the outgoing GM, Kevin Colbert, that oh, Rudolph is pretty good. They're going to give him an elevated chance. No. 
not the case. They're looking at Trubisky as an upgrade over Rudolph to be the bridge quarterback, but I don't think they're done. They're going to evaluate these quarterbacks in the draft, whoever can fall there at their uh, number 20 pick. I think he'll get a lot of consideration. They also could look at an offensive tackle there for the left side, which is a potential, but I think it could line up with the quarterback value being right. So whether it's Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, or Desmond Redder, I think the Steelers are still not done here, quarterback, looking at their, all their options in the 2022 draft. And again, this is a very upside position for a quarterback. They've done some things to upgrade the offensive line in the, in the interior. They need to work on the tackles a little bit more. They did bring back Chukwuma Okorafor at right tackle, but they're pretty weak there on the left side. So that's something to watch. But you look at the skilled position players, they did lose James Washington, but still have... Uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and Pat Freemuth, that's a good baseline, as well as Najee Harris out of the backfield. We've talked about this all the time. This is a very appealing fantasy football situation for someone to emerge as a QB1 if it's the right QB. Well, it might be a little bit tempered if it's Trubisky and a rookie, which is going to be the case here, either or. So we'll temper there, but we're definitely going to watch this situation develop very favorably for some QB scoring in 2022. And finally, we end up with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has a pretty good offseason with what the Titans have done. A.J. Brown on the verge of getting a new contract soon. They also picked up Austin Hooper there from the Brown scrap heap. And they also traded for Robert Woods. So big upgrade to go from Julio Jones, who's on his last legs and hurt, to Robert Woods. I know he's coming off a torn ACL, but we know Woods is a big-time fantasy football producer and compliment there to a number one, such as Cooper Cup and A.J. Brown. So that's really good to have those weapons to play off Derrick Henry. So yeah, just having Hooper and Woods alone is a big difference here for Tannehill, and I can't wait to see what happens here with uh, this Tennessee offense. Still playing off Derrick Henry in the running game, but have more options to stretch the field downfield here in 2022. Logan Woodside is still your number two, and uh, they're holding on to other options here. So we'll see what happens with the Titans. I still think they could upgrade quarterback. Uh, They've looked at some, like a a Bailey Zapp of Western Kentucky, or Jack Cohn of uh, Notre Dame. They've looked at those type of players to develop behind Tannehill, just in case Tannehill falters. We know it wasn't the greatest ending for Tannehill, struggling with the interceptions in the playoffs against the Bengals there. So some things to uh, check out and maybe a bit of a referendum in season going on with Tannehill and his value here to the Titans going forward beyond 2022. All right, there you have it. There's a look at all your AFC quarterback depth charts as they stand now going into the 2022 NFL Draft. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make uh, your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with inside analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available just like Locked On Fantasy Football wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget, uh, we'll start this all again on Monday with five shows. And we'll look at the NFC quarterback depth charts or break in with any breaking news. And then we'll turn our attention to the draft. Speaking of draft here. So check out Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be with you the whole way as we go into the draft and come out of the draft with our inside analysis here on the Locked On Network. For Locked On Fantasy Football for this week, have a great weekend. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time there with a look at our NFC quarterback depth charts. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.